0: Hey everyone, this is Trauma Drama and we are your hosts Kaylee and Nick and this is where we discuss surviving adulthood. We can probably agree that we're all pretty fucked up and that it affects us every day whether we know it or not.
1: I used to think that wasn't me, but if you come from a family, live in our society, go to school, experience love, sex, and friendships, then you're in the right place. Kay and I are going to break down everyday life and problems that come from managing your drama post-trauma. Let's fucking do it.
0: up, everybody? This is Trauma Drama. Welcome back again to another amazing episode. I'm Kaylee, and that is Nick, and we're going to kick off a great episode today. It's going to be really fun.
1: Yeah, it's going to be super fun. On today's episode of Trauma Drama, we are going to start with a trauma or drama brought to you by Kaylee. And then our main topic today is bodies. Bodies. Uh, yeah, bodies. Uh, and then we're going to finish with a surprise topic. Uh, yeah, so go go ahead, Kaylee.
0: Awesome. Stay. Every time I wanted you to call it bodies so that I could say body-yaddy-yaddy-yaddy-yaddy.
1: Body-yaddy-yaddy-yaddy-yaddy-yaddy. Yaddy, yaddy, yaddy.
0: <laughs> so get ready for what it's actually going to be about because it, it's kind of like that, but kind of different. So my Trauma or Drama for today is a classic story about my dad. So um, A tale as, as old as time. A tale as so old as it. time. One we can always expect to bring us certain disappointment. So... Yeah, um,
1: and others joy,
0: and others joy. Pretty tough. So. I, I
1: get I get joy out of hearing, hearing like your traumatic stories. Ugh,
0: thank you, Nick. It's really nice. So you know, I was in town in San Diego for a funeral, and I think um, we talked about it a little bit when we recorded in person last week on Sunday. Um, yes, and I had just come from the funeral on Friday, and then had my like super fun BFF day in the middle of the weekend mm-hmm. very intentionally so that i didn't have too much family time in a row and so friday was fine i would say my dad pretty much ignored me like it wasn't really he didn't really give me any like
1: this is that the funeral yeah, or? yeah 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 okay he didn't really you.
0: give me any like hey how are you doing like when I got to the service with my grandparents, my dad walks up, doesn't say hello to me, says hello to a bunch of different people, and then I walk up to him and say, "Hey, Dad," and he was like, "Oh my God, I didn't even recognize you."
1: <laughs>
0: oh, thanks, Dad. Cool. Sorry, and then, I
1: couldn't even tell you're my daughter.
0: Like, and then he just didn't even—he didn't stand next to me. We didn't talk. Like,
1: he—he st-
0: he stood way, way in the back, and I was up with my granddad. And
1: after he made a huge issue. Oh about- yeah.
0: Oh yeah. It gets worse. So then. We, the service is over, and then my dad comes up to me and granddad and says, granddad, who's my grandpa, and says, I have to go to work. What the fuck? I have to go to work for a few hours. I'll be by for the reception later. And I said, okay, see you never. So then. Is
1: this Saturday? It's Friday. Okay. But everyone else has taken (laughs) off
0: work. Like, come on. So then, you know, we get to the reception. My dad's about three hours late and he shows up three so he worked hours in a
1: whole eight hour shift actually pretty
0: much yeah <laughs> uh he shows up three hours late just before the party's about to end and shows up with his his new girlfriend and i like knew i was gonna have to meet her and stuff like that and so they come up to me and say, like say hello and we get introduced and then they just walk away hmm. no like how's it going how was your flight how's this how's that um, I like, I had brought my dad a gift because I had brought my grandparents a gift and I said, oh, I better get my dad something. Um, it was like a Colorado college t-shirt. It wasn't like a huge thing. Okay. I was like, you didn't want to
1: get him like a yeah. any vodka or anything.
0: No. I did see him at one point. I got so nervous because my dad, for those of you that are listening, my dad is, uh, two and a half, almost three years sober. And at one point during the reception, I did see him crack a beer and I got really nervous but he cracked the beer and like handed it to his girlfriend and i was like Ugh. wow close one <laughs> that's um, hilarious i know so scared the fuck out of me but i like give my dad this gift and he was just like thanks and then like turned away and like kept talking that's to the else that's so weird else. and i tried to sit down next to them and have a conversation and there was no conversation at all like nothing between us um even after i had gone out of my way to sit next to them and then the real kicker is we have a great time on Sunday. Nobody from my family wants to pick me up for Sunday dinner in Vista, so I have to take a 45-minute Uber down to San Diego for okay. family dinner. Um, I get down there, and my—I just found out that my aunt Marla, who is pretty mean in this story, um, lives like one floor above my non iraqi who I am like staying with. And that's where the Sunday dinner is at. Is at Aunt Marla's house. So, gotcha. We go up, and um, all right. Sorry, I put my stuff in Nana's house. Nobody's there. I like am just searching around blindly for this apartment because I've never been there. Uh-huh. And I walk into this like tiny one bedroom apartment, and there's like way too many people there. Um, uh-huh. And it's my, God, it is like nine different family members just on like a casual Sunday. I won't name them for sake of time, and. Then my dad and my dad's girlfriend and her three children.
1: Oh, my God. And
0: I was completely blindsided. Nobody told me that the kids were going to be there. I didn't even know she had three. And it was a whole. and I just, like, froze. I was like, what the fuck? And so, of course, I just... And, you know, I'm not very good with kids in general. And so when I interact with kids, I need to be right. given, like, some time to prepare so that I can
1: Yeah, and some talking points. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm really bad with children. So um, I, I was like, hey, yeah, I, I don't know what I'm uh, doing right now. Uh, <laughs> it was so scary. And so I said hello to them. And, um, and then again, my dad. Just, How old are they? So one is 13, one is 10, and one is 6.
1: Mm, those are terrible ages
0: I know so and then the whole afternoon all these kids are just fawning over him like really climbing all over him like sitting on his lap like doing all these things and he's like parenting the fuck out of these children in front of me while he's actively ignoring me and while he has actively Mm. ignored me all weekend yeah and gave them so much attention and like the six-year-old was, wanted to go outside and play basketball. My dad dropped his dinner. Like, okay, we'll go right now. Like, stopped eating pasta and went outside to play basketball with this fucking kid. I cannot even tell you I how much I would have wished that my dad would just come to, like, one soccer game or, like, one yeah. thing of this. But I, I heard him say, which was the fucked up part, that he finally has boys.
1: Oh. That
0: was what he said. Damn. I finally have boys, and so I'll do anything for them.
1: Jeez, yeah. Well, at least now this makes sense because I was a little bit confused, but now I get it. Like, it's not abnormal for people when they remarry to like restart and like, if you're, if you're super unhealthy like your dad, like you probably don't have the capability to emotionally regulate two sets of families.
0: The literally. That's really sad. Thank you. I bawled my eyes out as soon as he left, and it was really sad. But the only thing he said to me during the whole entire dinner was. Kaylee. And I said, oh, great. We're going to have a conversation. This is awesome. I need you to know that Jeff from the plant says hi.
1: Who the fuck is that?
0: I said, Dad, what? Jeff? <laughs> that's what you're going to say to me right now? Not how's work? How's everything going?
1: Yeah. Jeff. He really just has no interest in you no, anymore.
0: None. He just washed his hands of me. And I don't think he does that to my sister. I think that he's very different with her than he is with me. So the worst part of this story, one, yes, is my dad. Actively, you know, washing his hands of me and like fully engaging in his in his new family was like as soon as he left, I you know burst into tears. I was really upset, and my my grandma and my aunt, you know, they try to have this conversation with me, but my aunt just says, "Why can't you just be happy for him?" Oh my God! Why can't you just be happy? It's better than than him being dead somewhere with your mom.
1: Uh, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I think it might have been easier if he was dead.
0: I, I was like what auntie marla and then my grandma's like just pray about it just pray about it and i'm like you guys i can't take oh this right God. now i need a Your therapist i don't need this
1: yeah this is insane so
0: that's my trauma or drama haven't talked to uh, anyone since i got the fuck out of there as soon as I, I don't think
1: i think that all i can think about is survivor like the tribe has spoken i right? think it might be time for you to and the candle on that family it's just
0: (sighs) the tribe has spoken well said because i just and like the whole time with all my other family members there nobody saw any issue with my dad behaving the way he was like
1: no well yeah if someone did you would have all these issues probably would have been handled 10 15 years ago but
0: though right and i i had a like a really direct look into my dad's childhood in that moment of like his sister enabling him in this way his mom enabling him in this way he is the priority and gets to do whatever he wants, and me is like,
1: yeah, no, literally, no one gave a fuck about what you no. felt.
0: everybody always says you'll be fine, Kaylee, you'll be fine, because I have been. But that doesn't mean yeah that I don't want this or don't like need this in my life. And the hero of the story ended up being my Aunt Marla's uh, boyfriend, Guy. His name was Guy. He oh, was he kidding. was drinking a Tall Boy Coors in the middle of this conversation, <laughs> watching the basketball game, and then all of a sudden he just. Looks over at me and says, You know what, Julie? You just need your dad. And that makes sense. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. That's all I wanted to hear from anybody. Wow. Like, thanks, guy. Literally.
1: Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> like, That's wh- like some. I can't believe he was able to figure that out. I
0: know. Ugh. Anyway. That's. Oh, I'm sorry. That sucks. Thank you. Thank you.
1: I did uh... have a not a similar experience but Mm. there when my dad remarried like it was Mm. like okay how do we go about this and it's so hard to know like what the the truth is and what happened but like what it looked like was like from my mom's point of view like the my dad didn't handle Mm. the new girl with my sister so there was like some issue with them being females and like he kind of my sister felt like he chose her right but Mm. this was also like 10 years ago and who knows how much it say or influence my mom had and how my sister felt. It's really hard to tell. But yeah, I know it's hard. I met my mom's uh, boyfriend's kids and we like, they've met us at the fair and it was just so awkward. Like, there's no way it cannot be awkward. I feel
0: right, like. right. How old were and they? they? It was
1: like, we were all the same age. Oh. Basically, yeah. So it was like, hi, like, yeah, you're, oh, your parents got divorced. Yeah, so did mine. And now we're all here. family. Here. Like, this is weird. Yeah. So <sighs>
0: And, yeah, I think that was the hard part for me too, because even if I even if I wanted to like try to get to know them or talk to them or build a relationship with them, like there's just so many barriers in the way of that. And like, I know it's not the kid's fault, and I know it's not even, you know, my dad's girlfriend's fault. it's it's my dad. Like it has nothing yeah. to do with them because, one, they're not married, you know, and like if they're married, mm-hmm. then maybe there's some responsibility on her and like, you know, actively trying to participate in his life, which includes hopefully his fucking children, but <laughs> right now, like yeah. he has two grown kids who live in different states and he can wash his hands of his old life. And that unfortunately includes my sister and I, but I've never I could have and never maybe he wants to I think I he mean, does. I've, I truly think he does. And I how think How much he,
1: guilt do you think he has towards he, what happened?
0: Thank you for saying that, Nick, because that is what my That's what my aunt ended up saying towards the end of the conversation, which, thank God, but she, I said, like, he can't even look me in the eyes. Like, he can't even make eye contact with me. Why? Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's like, he probably feels guilty. And I said, yeah, I I imagine he does, but also he knows that if he starts that conversation with me, that I will light him up. And, like, I I think that my sister won't do that. I think that my cousins won't do that. I think that, like, nobody else in the family is going to call him out for his shit except for me, and so he Mm -hmm. avoids me. Because he knows that if I, if he confronts me about that, we'll have that conversation. And I don't think he wants to do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say like you won. I mean, you have the power over your dad. He can't even. Yeah. Obviously you don't want to win. Right. But at least you have like some sort of.
0: Yeah. My therapist said something really beautiful yesterday when her and I met. Thank God we did. But she said, everybody always expects when you recover or finally realize or recognize your trauma in your life that it should be this like big revelation of like I'm free thank God I've Mm. recovered from trauma but instead it's this like really sad and heavy realization like damn like I have this trauma and this is hard and this is gonna be hard for the rest of my life it's not like a big happy-go-lucky dance it's like here we go like I have to do this work Forever and Yeah, and
1: it's really isolating yeah, too.
0: Yeah. Which
1: hopefully, you know, this podcast yeah. can help you and help others to totally. feel like no, we're all we're all in this together. Mm-hmm.
0: It makes but me yeah, think we should have sucks. another episode about um divorce.
1: Yeah, I like that. Oh, and I also saw like we did um what our Fuck Our Parents was that. Yeah, we did. Title? Parents fucking Part suck. Part one. Yeah. And, oh yeah, Parents Fucking Suck. And I think that'll just like It'll continue. Like, yep. Parents Suck Part 33. <laughs> like, it'll just be... Anytime uh, we have an issue, we should just, yeah. like... We should title this one Parents Suck we Part We should. Three. <laughs> or Part 2. It is.
0: It's true. I think... I knew my trauma drama was going to be big, but I didn't think it was going to have so many layers to it. And every time I say it out loud, it's like, damn. It's got a lot of yeah, no. layers to it.
1: No, it is a lot. Yeah. And it's, like... You can't... It's like a huge snowball. Mm. And what I, what I mean by that is, like, obviously, I was having a hard time last week with my panic attack and whatever. Mm. And it's like, I I still haven't talked to my parents because I'm not sure. I don't know what the conversation is going to be like. And I don't yeah. know how hard it's going to push me. And I'm not, I'm not ready. But, like, right. the holidays are coming up. I have to start making plans. Like, I yeah. need someone to walk Dixie tomorrow night. I was going to ask my mom. But it's like, I just... I don't know where the conversations are going to go, right. and it's like, okay, I need a little bit more time to prepare for you to mess up again. Mm. So,
0: wow, well said, Nick. I think that's something that's not as talked about, and I think it it like leans so well into our last episode of like when it rains, it pours, because it doesn't ever work out that way where we have enough time to recover from the last incident and then like make plans for the next one, but. Yeah. That would be so much easier if we could be like, okay, I got enough trauma for this weekend. Give me a fucking break and yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe I'll be ready in a few weeks. But instead And be
1: okay with me needing a break. Yes. Like yes. my stepmom was like, Hey, are you talking to your dad yet? And it's like, We're not not talking. <sighs> I I just I'm going through something and it it maybe was caused by something he did, but it's nothing really to do with him at the moment. Like right. we're good. I there's no like I love him, he loves me, I know we're good. I just like, I need to sort through this and I can't also be worrying about all the other stuff. Cause then like all the barriers and obstacles I put up Mm. for boundaries, I have to remember in the presence of him or my mom. Right. So I need, I need energy. I need emotional energy. So
0: (sighs) I heard that. I heard a little bit of that from Kayla. I'm sorry that happened because I think that's really, really hard to have to say that over and over. Like, I need more time. I need more time. Nobody's respecting my time. I need more time. Yeah. Yeah, like exactly. it's not—it's
1: not a big deal. Just respect the time. It's yeah. not—it's it's, everybody's fine. We're gonna be good after this. I'm yeah. just dealing with shit. Yeah,
0: seriously. I'm oh. <laughs> <laughs> fucking busy. Uh,
1: I know. Well, I think your story is definitely trauma. Thank you, I, that's, I don't think down. it could get any more like a perfect traumatic story. That was. Thank
0: you. Thank you so much. My therapist once said that if there was an award for narcissism, my dad would win it. So. Yeah, it's pretty well said.
1: <laughs> That's crazy, dude. <laughs> I know. I just I can't. <sighs> oh my god. Because like like I said already, people when they do get like remarried or something mm-hmm. or like they do want to start over, they might change the rules. I know that happened with my dad and stepmom. Right. But they took your family just took that like so much farther.
0: Yeah, it's a big fuck you, Kaylee. And I said, okay then, I guess I'll move yeah, on. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I know. <laughs> like,
1: what are you gonna do? I, <laughs> I mean,
0: I have like I think I some good that came out of this weekend was. I have one of my aunts who I love. Aunt Selena, if you're listening to this, I love you so much. Um, And one of my cousins, Dominique, um, also Dominique, love you so much, who listened to the podcast. And they said, like, no one else in the family listens. Like, my aunt came up to me and said, hi, my little trauma drama. And I said, oh, (laughs) me? (laughs) Thank you. And so I think there's so many parts of my family that I still want to lean into and that I can lean into um, and that I can call on for support and, like, validation and um, getting close, again, with a lot of my cousins is, I think, going to be really important to me moving forward because I can't take this part of, you know, my interactions with my dad for, for much longer and who knows where the hell my mom is. So I, I just – I have definitely hope that there are good interactions and good relationships that I can cultivate, but I think picking and choosing which relationships to pour into is – already exhausting enough without having to navigate you know receiving such shit all the time
1: no it is and i yeah. think a lot of people are going to experience that especially this year because you might have took the holidays off last year because yeah. of covid but yeah. you know this is basically part of life now so i know we're gonna do probably our holiday episode next week yes, right? Definitely. thanksgiving thanksgiving is going to be the following week
0: it's coming up so I, i'm we'll, saying no we'll, to thanksgiving <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah 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 oh my god I know. Well, if you have any questions, DM us before yes. we start. We have a couple already, but we're always taking more.
0: Yeah, so. absolutely.
1: You ready to move into our main topic for the day? Let's do it. Bodies. Body, yada, 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> So this topic came out of a fabulous conversation that I had with my best friend, Kayla, Nick's wife. Oh, um, uh, that's my wife. That's my wife. And our other friend, Sierra. Kayla and Sierra are actually here in Colorado visiting me for the weekend um, which is so nice. Oh, though. I know.
1: I FaceTimed Kayla last night and she was like, so what'd you eat today? I'm like, um, uh, taquitos <laughs> <Nothing>. <laughs> and <laughs> chicken nuggets. She's like, what's it like not having anybody to feed you? I was Shoot. like, it's honestly kind of shitty. It's I was pretty like, hard. I was like, when's dinner? Oh fuck. That's right. I got to make dinner. I, gotta do <laughs> I <gotta it>. g- <laughs>
0: Uh, did it feel like good for you to, to do that? Like I remember when I was in my last relationship like, Johnny used to always say, sometimes I just want to have a taquito. Sometimes I just want to have a grilled cheese.
1: No, and I think I get, I yes, yes, I love the simple meals. Yes. Um, but no, it did not feel good. I, <laughs> it felt good her saying that because I was like, oh, wow, like, it just really, like, spoke to my king complex. Yeah. I was like, wow, she really does take care of me when she's here. Because like, she notices that I probably didn't eat very yeah. mu- much or very well, and she was right. So Show appreciation
0: <laughs> for your wife when she comes home. How? How? yeah so so many ways i think kayla loves quality time she definitely loves acts of service
1: i know she likes quality time until it's like get the fuck away from me it's like okay (laughs) yeah she's very um she's just so busy with school i just like have have a hard time like spending quality time
0: we can talk about it more i'll give you more suggestions i'll ask her sneakily but we should move on to our main topic. Yeah. Yeah. So so the main topic, uh, came from this visit and we were having a conversation yesterday about body image. And so true warning for those Mm. that might be struggling or managing body image issues or body image expectations. Um, I think I wanted to bring it to our conversation today for a lot of different reasons. One, I think managing different body images, different body fluctuations, different like Ways that you present your body in your life can be really traumatic and difficult. Um, But also I think body images and body image issues are extremely different for women presenting and for men presenting folks. So I think it would be a cool conversation for Nick and I to have about how we've struggled with or dealt with different um, body image issues throughout our lives.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've never had a six pack. (laughs) (laughs) That sucks. Well, and I think that's a perfect
0: way to get started of like the yes, those like, are so different between men and women. But also, I think we know this, that body image expectations are so much higher for women in different ways. And, like...
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: We have to be able to, like, eat all the greasy and shitty food and drink all the beer, but still have a completely flat stomach and have... Yeah,
1: I want a girl that can eat, but I would also, like, she's got to be, you know, thin, but also curvy, but, it's you know, curves in the right spot.
0: Who can meet those expectations? Literally just your wife. <laughs> Literally
1: just my wife.
0: Literally just your wife. But I think No people
1: are like, Why why'd you get married? I was like, Oh, okay, well here's my wife mm-hmm. and then here you know and it's just like oh okay.
0: But also her personality sense. and the way that she is is amazing. Thank you, Nick.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> but <laughs> also the right there's
0: there's so much like I think I wanted to bring this to the, the table too, is like there's so much Fat phobia in our world today too. Like people are literally afraid. Okay, what does
1: like I'm afraid of fat people?
0: No, it's not. A, it's oh. not like you're afraid of fat people. It's like fat spiders.
1: <laughs> oh shit! Here one, close the elevator Close Nick! the
0: elevator. Oh my god! Why did we have this conversation? I had to move the mic so much further away because I'm in the red. So sorry. There you go. Uh, oh, I got job, really boy. hot. Watch that. <sighs> no. Take Nick. your
1: fucking flannel off. Oh
0: my god! I can't, I can't not wearing anything under. Oh, okay. Um, cheers. Not that kind of podcast. Cheers. Yeah. So no, that is not what fat phobia is. Let me let's do a okay. pause. And I. I, can I thought that was crack- a
1: fear of fat people.
0: Pause.
1: Like a claustrophobia is that a word? <laughs> claustrophobic <laughs> Afraid of small places. Uh, um. Yeah. Oh. I've had an inner tube around my belly for whew, my whole life. So. Wait. I was ever like. Wait. Stop, uh, I missed the skinny. No. 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 I have to fill this time with.
0: We cannot, we can definitely just do a
1: pause, right? No, yeah. For the audio? Okay. No, yeah, that's fine. I also like to keep it just genuine. Okay.
0: You're good. You're
1: so good. It's like complaining. I miss the whole um, skinny kid phase. Like, you know, oh, he's got the skinny kid abs. It's like, I've just missed that phase. I, which is really frustrating for me. I don't even actually need you in this zoom call here. I'm just going (laughs) to, I'm just going to take this one over. Oh my God. I think you're right.
0: Okay. So, like Smart. I was saying, the the yes, the definition of fat phobia is like not necessarily that like you, Nick, are scared of other people that are fat or obese or have weight on them, but like that person, I think it can be like scared of like being that way or having like having that on your body. I maybe maybe I'm like, scared of standing. being fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is what the definition on self.com says is fatphobia is an appealing term because it's self-explanatory, easily defined as the fear of fatness and of fat people. Oh, so you are right. Oh, It, it fits okay. the template of other phobia suffix terms to describe oppressive attitudes such as homophobia, transphobia, xenophobia. Um, yes. So I think you're, yes, I think you're right. And I think it can be, be both. And I think um, it's such an important topic to talk about today, too, because this article also says, like. Don't use the word fat phobia, but be like a fat activist because I think there's part of that stereotype is thinking that being fat is bad or wrong. And I think that's like the the hope here is to have that progressive attitude on like the way that people's bodies are. One is none of our business. And two, like being fat or existing in the world as fat isn't bad, isn't gross, isn't icky, isn't any of those things. It's just the way that that person or that we like exist and um especially in women it's such a such a thing that I have seen so many people battle as far as like society's expectations of the way that our bodies are supposed to be um and I mean even me and Kayla and Sierra were talking about it last night like our bodies are changing and it's so hard to like love the way that our bodies are and um I, we were talking about how when we were 16, we didn't know that our bodies were the way maybe we wanted our bodies to be when we were 26. But now, when we're 26 and look back at the way that our bodies were at 16, it's like, whoa! How do I like get back to the way that that felt? And it's like yeah. impossible because we are grown women with like changing hormones and bodies and experiences. And I think like loving your body as a woman, at least in my experience, has been one of my most difficult things to you know to navigate. I think we talked about it in previous episodes too. Connecting with
1: your body. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I know, like, it's interesting to notice the pattern of what is attractive. Mm. Like, for men, when we're looking at women, like, it was, I I can't, I don't know the years, Mm. but, like, uh, in the last hundreds of years, like, it was girls who looked like had boy bodies, like, Mm. flat everywhere, Um, and then I think Marilyn Monroe brought in, like, the curviness, Mm -hmm. brought that back, and then it went back to, like, the... I don't know what the word is but like super super skinny like yeah. weird like when my mom i know like she was like a runway model and she was like that was her thing she was like yeah we had to be like size zero and i was like okay yeah. and then i feel like now it came back to curvy yeah. so it's
0: i'll never it is forget interesting. i'll never forget the time in my life when high-waisted things became in and how grateful i was that that like yeah fit my body better than low-rise was an era excuse me, that I hope will never come back, but it is, it's coming back and I am not excited about it. But I think the way that we dress, the way that we present, the way that we live our lives in order to fit into society is just so exhausting. I mean, do you have experiences like that as a man?
1: As a man? Well, (laughs) I think men, (laughs) what?
0: (laughs) I just liked the way you said that. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, that's okay. I think, men have a little bit more of leeway mm-hmm. like you can have one or the other like okay if you don't have abs you yeah. better be kind of muscular right like right. i have a a decent size neck mm-hmm. i would say or traps right like yeah. traps are the new abs is what right. bigger people would say so it is kind of nice because like you have that homegrown or like country boy mm-hmm. strong look or mm-hmm. you can have the beach body so right. You can kind of go with the one and then the women that you go after are probably going to be like, they like your shape. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we have a little bit more leeway and we don't have to wear like bikinis. We Absolutely. just wear like a shirt. So it's, yeah, 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 or we don't wear a shirt. So it's like our whole bodies are exposed. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different.
0: Thank you for saying that men have body privilege. I appreciate that so much.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. It's
0: true. And I think also something I wanted to talk about was pretty privilege. And I think I asked you in the mm-hmm. beginning, like, oh, do you know what that is, Nick? And you said, it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, but I think, like, I definitely exercise some of my pretty privilege when I want to, like, when I need, mm-hmm. when I need things in the world, and I, like, I, I, I tell myself, like, that's very privileged of me, one, because of my whiteness, because of my gender, and because of, like, my looks in this certain situation, so, like, mm-hmm. getting a drink at the bar when I'm out and about is pretty easy because of my pretty yeah. privilege or because of my, it could also be because of my whiteness, it could also be because of a lot of different things, but, like. So much of the way that we exist in the world can be, especially related to our bodies, can be so oppressive and so harmful and so difficult to navigate, but can also have its own privileges. Um, But that is depending on the person, depending on the way that you are, the way that, um, and like just the way that you exist through the world. But I always remembered feeling so self-conscious when I was younger because I tended to date people that had all different sorts of body types all different sorts of like shapes and sizes I never really had like a type of person that I dated but mm-hmm. um I always found myself in situations where I was like bigger than the person that I was dating and I remember that being a pretty hard thing for me to navigate as a, a young person and especially as a young woman being able to be like wow how do I have sex with this person without just like killing them <laughs> like how, <laughs> how do I how do I navigate like? like dressing or like being around this person naked or like what is this like what if we have to take a shower together what if we have to go to the beach together like all those things would run through my brain of like but they're probably dating me because of the way my body is and I think that that's okay but I don't know navigating body shame and navigating societal expectations of my body has always been really hard and I think lives in trauma
1: yeah I mean I definitely am a little bit Oh, I'm very self-conscious of the way I look as well. Mm-hmm. Like especially in high school, I didn't think I was very like, a very good-looking kid, and I'm sure that comes from trauma. I, I just lacked confidence. I lacked yeah. decision-making skills. It it didn't stop, but I know that I I got hired at my first like major restaurant, the fine dining place, like purely on my looks. Mm-hmm. And they said it in my interview, like yeah, hey, you know you're a pretty good-looking kid, no restaurant experience, but you know we'll give you a shot. You have you have a week mm-hmm. to figure it out, basically. So, um. I mean, yeah, I benefit from pretty privilege, but I've noticed I haven't since COVID started. Mm. If I if I have to wear a mask, um, I've noticed that I've like that was kind of where I noticed it. I, I lost the ability to smile at someone and for to disarm them because mm. I think part of that is I might not be like the best looking person. But symmetrically, I think when I smile, it's mm. appealing to people. So it makes people want to like open up or do whatever I'm asking or something, you know,
0: there's actually science behind that. Like the really? attractiveness of symmetry, Mm-hmm. symmetry. Oh yeah,
1: I Sy- symmetry. With...
0: not symmetry.
1: Not not a cemetery.
0: Sim- yes. Yeah. Like a. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, no, yeah. yeah no, no, really I think kids. Marilyn
1: Monroe was almost perfect. I know I already brought
0: Symmetrical, her up. Symmetrical. Yeah. Yeah. You love Marilyn Monroe. So we pretty. know this. I gave Nick a big picture of Marilyn.
1: <laughs> I love her. She's my seventh cousin. For those of you oh, who don't know here we by go, law. Nick. No, it's that's <laughs> true. So. It is true.
0: <laughs> um. No, but yes, there's some, there's science behind how our brains automatically feel. Like when we look at something that's symmetrical, we find that more aesthetically pleasing than if things were unsymmetrical or non-symmetrical. And that includes like symmetry of face and body and like other forms of attractiveness. So, um. Yeah.
1: Okay. I think I have heard that mm -hmm. too a little bit. So yeah, I I have two funny stories. I was at work and this one chick, she had just like amazing boobs and she was sitting at this table with a guy. And all of us are just doing pretty much laps because oh we God. just want to look at her tits because she's, she's just sitting, you know. But every time I walked by, I kept making eye contact with the dude and I was like, fuck. <laughs> and I'd have to do it again. And I'd come back and I'd look over and I'm fuck, I'm looking at the guy again. And we just kept ma- locking eye contact. I was like, I'm just trying to look at this chick. And then he just keeps, we just keep locking eyes. Oh and my I'm like, God. God. So I basically gave up. <laughs> But I thought that was funny. (laughs) I was like, am I gay?
0: Uh, You'd be okay if you were. I would always love you.
1: It would be okay. That would be a really weird way for me to find out. Right?
0: (laughs) Trying to look at tits, but accidentally make eye contact with this man.
1: But um, we had this weird area in our restaurant where people always Mm. walk down thinking it's the bathroom. Mm. And that same night, I had seen people do it or people will be at the front and I will avoid them. But there was this one girl who walked in and she looked a little lost and she was super hot. And we, fl- like, the guys flooded her. Can we help you with something? There was, like, three. Oh like, God. hey, hey, how can we do it? And we'll literally run away from other people. But because she was attractive, yep. she got help, like, instantly. And
0: Absolutely. I that was really funny. It's pretty but- privileged. I mean, I remember, I used to always be, growing up, I was, like, the almost friend. Does that make sense? Like, I hung out with the prettiest girls at school. And so they always were, like, the people that got hit on, the people that got talked oh. to. Or people that got approached. And I was... Always the kind of like, eh, almost. You're of. the duff? Yes, the, the friend right. right next door. And um, that was always really hard for me to manage like, oh, do I need to be like looking different? Do I need to be doing something different? But it wasn't even that anyone that approached any of my friends I was ever interested in. It was just the idea of being perceived as attractive is some of the most, I think, like elite things that you can experience in our society. Yeah. Attractiveness, I mean, yeah,
1: right? you want to be, you want people to think you're attractive. Yeah. Even it like I'm off the market clearly, but it still feels nice.
0: Yeah, exactly. I try not to
1: get mad when people compliment, Caleb, like you know, because yeah. it's easy to get jealous. Mm. But it's like, no, babe, like you are hot. I want people like, to, like you are hot.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely a strange game to play, and I think, um, yeah, I think there's. Uh, I was going somewhere with that story, and I don't. Remember a, I'll I was I'll going.
1: hop back in. Oh. I I noticed that. Oh, did you think about? I did. I remembered. And Go. I
0: was gonna say the the day that I like really had a uh, not a breakthrough but a recognition of like oh my God like I do not have to be this way was when I lived with my grandparents my very very wealthy grandparents on my mom's side um, have a very specific image of what women are supposed to look like um, my grandpa I feel is extremely fat phobic and I think so is my grandma but in a little bit different ways but when I would live with them you know I had to. I, I literally remember sneaking fast food in my car because my grandma wouldn't <laughs> let me eat the same things that she ate or that my grandpa ate because she wanted to regulate my weight while I lived there. She said that, you know, I shouldn't be walking around in a bikini even as I'm just going outside to, like, be in the pool because I wasn't, like, skinny enough to be wearing a bikini and I should be putting Jeez. on a one-piece and that um, when I when she was 21, you know, she got all the guys, but that I had to look a lot different. And... That was why she used to give me B12 shots in the butt. And I did. I lost, I lost a lot of weight when I lived there, but I was miserable. I was yeah. so unhappy. I felt so insecure about my body and about myself. And, like, I remember thinking, like, yeah, I look the best that I've ever looked, but I hate this life for me, you know? Yeah. And I think that's such a, a like, a devastating realization, but also such a liberating realization because then, you know, I get to choose how I want to have experiences with food, how I want to have experiences with my body and with my appearance and presentation and, um, but it's fucking hard. So that was no, like going to tell that story. Like my big aha moment of like, this yeah, is no, that's cool. Toxic, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, my body just fluctuates so much mm. my weight. So I usually sit around like one ninety, but like when I was playing football, I was yeah. pressured, you know, to gain weight. Right. So I like was trying to eat as much as I could and right. gain weight and then, finally finished football and could lose all the weight. And I went down like to like 160. And I was like, cause I was trying to get those abs. And I was like, this is terrible. I'm, I'm eating like nothing. And it was just, now it's like, I love, I love eating. It's okay if I have a dad bod, but it's okay for mm. me to have a dad bod cause I'm married. Right. So it's kind of like society's like, okay, you're, right. you're good to gain some pounds.
0: Right. And but it's also, your
1: wife has to stay in shape.
0: That's exactly what I was just gonna say. <laughs> it's, I was just gonna say, it's also not the same for Kayla. And yeah like no no complaints
1: is, no complaints for me uh, over here
0: and it's such a hard I don't know it's such a hard thing to watch us now as you know we're we're going into our like mid to late twenties and navigating new new body expectations and new body image um, yeah
1: I would say for me after thirty five mm. my my pudginess or my fatness is measured as well with like my wealth
0: I would say mm-hmm. as I
1: as I get more wealthy people are gonna expect me to to weigh yeah. more right yeah because that that's still in us from like way, 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 way. I was back. just
0: gonna say, bring it in. Like I remember when I, I learned about this in history that uh, kings used to always be the heaviest, and that was a sign of yeah. wealth because they were the heaviest and uh, because they had access to all the food, and that was like that was wealth. But it's so interesting yeah. now that we've progressed through society; it's the exact opposite. The skinnier yeah, I mean, like, that you are, yeah. the wealthier you are, and especially if you have access to things like. Botox. If you have access <laughs> yeah. to things like um, they have stuff
1: now that can like freeze your fat off. Like just, you just sit there and it freezes it off, and it never comes back because it dies technically. I just said to somebody. It's just like, wow. I
0: just said to to one of my lovers the other day. I was like, it's kind of like we're in the capital of the Hunger Games. Like it is kind of like mm. we live in this like society where everyone has the crazy hair and the crazy looks and the craziness and. Um, you drink this drink so that you can vomit and eat more. And like, I, Oh God, it's just, we, like it was supposed to be such this grandiose, uh, like dystopian society, but I feel like it's exactly where we're headed with yeah. all of these sort of expectations. So oh,
1: that's crazy. And then you manage trying to manage stress in yeah. your body. You just naturally gain more weight. Yeah. And then some people will stress eat. Some mm-hmm. people won't, won't eat at all in their stress. And right. for me, it fucking changes. I have a gnarly sweet tooth, but when I get super stressed, Mm -hmm. I no longer have a sweet tooth and then I get these sugar hangovers Yeah, and it's like, what the, it's so fucking annoying.
0: Yeah. And I know we said this in the very beginning about a, you know, a trigger warning because talking about bodies can be really, really triggering and really hard for some folks. But also I want to say another trigger warning because, you know, this is how, like, there's so many different ways that somebody can develop an eating disorder or manage an eating disorder and I think so many of them come from society's expectations of our bodies, yes, but, um, they come from all different kinds of trauma, all different kinds of experiences, all different kinds of, um, you know, brain chemical balances. Like there's a hundred different things that can impact, um, the, you know, mental illness or the mental health things that we manage on a day to day. And I think body image, eating disorders, and these sort of, um, these sort of things can be some of the hardest because you you feel like you wear it, you know, you can't really, you can't really hide it, I guess.
1: So yeah, no, it's a, it's really frustrating because yeah. you want to be happy but then you mm. also want to be loved by everybody but they're not going to love yeah. you if you're fat.
0: Ugh. What
1: movie is that from?
0: And you know, I actively disagree. I will love you if you're fat, <laughs> if you're listening.
1: No, yeah, I disagree too, I yeah, don't mind but, anything but, um, I don't know. But do you have anything else to add to you know, this topic?
0: bodies are higher. Okay, I
1: want I wanted to finish it off with saying, okay, uh, tits are ass. Since we're talking about bodies.
0: You know, great question. I really thought that I was gonna be an ass type of girl. Mm. Turns out. But I love tits. So You do love tits. I do. I love boobs. I love girls with big boobs. Anybody who
1: knows my wife knows I'm an ass girl.
0: Yeah, guy. I was just gonna say but
1: <laughs> I think some trauma from childhood. I love I love mom boobs.
0: Oh boy, that we don't yeah, yeah. that is we should really talk die about it. that, Nick. Oh no!
1: Dive into that some other time.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, for me, for for men or for male-presenting folks, I have no type. No, I mean you've seen no I've like, dated so many yeah. different types of men, and um, body type isn't really. And I shouldn't say like for women, it, it is a big issue for me at all, or that I like like a certain thing. But I've seen a pattern in myself that I have dated or slept with women who have big boobs. So
1: yeah, I guess for men, for me, it would be like uh, Captain America. For- <laughs> Yes. that kind of stuff yeah I, you
0: have such a hard on for superheroes just in general i know
1: well that was another thing for men like yeah. and they touched on it in the last avengers where mm. thor was fat yeah yeah. they yeah. did make humor at it but like right. it, he was still worthy yeah. he was fat <laughs> Nick. Uh,
0: i'm glad we closed with that thank you
1: yeah you're <laughs> welcome that was good so now we're gonna go into our surprise topic which today is the four horsemen mm. so thank you to our listener who wrote that in so I'll give a little bit of background Take on it. it. Away. So basically this is like how to argue appropriately or disagree mm. appropriately in um, relationships. So I have worked on this with my wife because we needed, it was like part of our pre-marriage counseling stuff that we did, um, which is a lot of times through the church. Um, we are not religious, it was not through the church, but so one of them is criticism and then contempt, defensiveness, mm. and then lastly, stonewalling, which I am known for. Stonewalling a lot. Tell me. So do you think I need to define these? Yes,
0: I need to know everything.
1: Okay. So, uh, criticism. Criticizing your partner is different than offering a critique or voicing a complaint.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: It is an attack on your partner at the core of their character. Okay? Okay. So if someone complains and then you criticize back. Oh. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And then contempt... When we communicate in this state, we are truly mean. We treat others with disrespect, mock them with sarcasm, ridicule, call them names. So I actually, I mock a lot. Um, and then defensiveness, um, it's a typical response to criticism. We've all been defensive and the horseman is nearly, uh, I don't know what that word is. Spell um, it? It's uh, fucking omnipresent.
0: Oh, I don't know that either. You yet. know uh huh
1: Okay, so it's basically we fish for excuses, or we play victim, or we flip stuff. If you can't um, see; I'm
0: pointing at you... myself right now.
1: Yeah, fuck it. Do, I do all these. <laughs> uh, okay, and stonewalling. Um, stonewalling occurs when the listener withdraws from the interaction, shuts down, and simply stops responding. to
0: Oh, it. But, absolutely, yeah. me as well. Shoot.
1: Yeah, you definitely disconnect a lot. So I stonewall, I mock, uh, and I also I forgot. what the second or third one was, it was, De- oh, yeah, defensive. defensive. I'll, I'll play victim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And wow. that one's really hard because it's, especially since I'm a man, I am like, hey, there's a lot of things that are okay for you to do and mm. not okay for me to do. And I have to, like, bring those up in, like, a, a more structured way than being the person who's trying to play victim.
0: Yeah. Oh, that is so interesting. So do you think that these sort of four horsemen live, in trauma like do you think that we respond or argue because of like traumatic experiences
1: yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. so i'm trying to think of an example real quick Um, we might have to make this a whole i know i was like there's a lot to
0: to come out of this
1: um i guess i can go with stonewalling but for me like my trauma lives in like i want to fight i want to manipulate i want to i want to get in deep so I guess I would, I would stonewall Kayla when I just felt like there was no point in having a conversation or like, we're, we're going to break up anyway. And I would just like shut down. Um, But yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. I think, I think we can definitely make this a whole episode because I have so much to say about how we, how we argue the strategies that we take on arguing, how we come to like resolutions. Like, do we hold resentment? Like I hold so much resentment. Every time I argue, I'm like, well, we're never gonna talk again. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, health, no, same. Fuck you. Like we're
1: done. Uh, criticism is a really good horseman too, because mm. like that is, um, if Kayla will, she criticizes me about the dishes instead of saying like, "Hey, this is what I would like," or "Hey, I need mm. some help," right? So that actually example has not happened, but that is a, a pretty easy example.
0: Yeah, yeah. I so think- you're
1: like trying to get to a point, and you go, you're going the wrong way, which is probably stem from trauma. Mm. If if your parents stonewall you, like. No, this is my reason for making this decision. We're not talking about it. Like, that's a form of stonewalling.
0: Wow. Yeah. I think, so, like, I think for me, like, my parents used to criticize so hard. And because of that, I would stonewall. Or, mm. like, they would stonewall mm. so that, so I would criticize. And it was this bad. Yeah. No, a lot of these are yeah. like,
1: okay, you do this one in response to this one.
0: Oh, so interesting. Yes.
1: So I, when Kayla criticizes, I, uh, I get defensive mm. now. I've got to defend the whole this whole situation, mm. but instead of talking about the one issue, totally. So, wow. And it's so hard not to combat these with yeah, with them. So it's it's really cool. Yeah, we should do a whole one because people we should.
0: Know. I agree. Well, well, I love that topic, and I think if you're listening, like think about these four horsemen. Think about how, if like which one resonates with you, um, and if you have any thoughts before we record an episode about it, send it in because we want to know what you've experienced and how you've experienced it and if it lives with trauma.
1: Absolutely. Anything else, Nick? No, I'm, I'm good.
0: Great episode. Love you so much.
1: Yeah, I love you too. All right. Follow us at Trauma Drama Podcast on Instagram and TikTok to see show updates, video highlights, and much more. And DM us for topic suggestions, corrections, worries, concerns, love, and hate. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We upload episodes every Monday and Friday. Unless we don't, uh, tune in for more. Let's mm.